0: Alright Bears fans, we are live here today to talk about this Patriots-Bears matchup. I am Mason West, I'm a doctor of physical therapy, and on the side I pretend I know a lot about the Bears. And I'm joined by Danny Meehan, who is a Chicago firefighter, awesome dude, a lot of good knowledge. <laughs> Danny, how are you doing today? Well, you know, doing it, making it do what it do, and I just, you know, stuff. <laughs> Did, did you know today is actually the sports equinox and it's actually the only the 27th time 27th time yeah NFL, mlb nhl and nba are all playing at the same time technically there's also two mls games
1: mls games yep
0: so that's a special day
1: yeah fun fun fun
0: you know too bad being a chicago sports fan sucks the fun right out of it but you know i digress I'm trying to stay positive. You know, I will not be watching this Bears game. I'm actually going to be in Disney starting Saturday through next Saturday. Hence, my little background here. I got, you know, just some fun Patriots uh, Bears players if they were in the movie. Moana. <laughs> I can't watch Moana. It gives me too many feels. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't blame you. I totally see that. It's,
1: so, it's great. It's a great movie. It's just very feelsy.
0: Like, I don't know what to do with all my feels. (laughs) Well, you know what? What we can do is we can focus on the Bears because this gives me certain feels. And I know after last game, you and I both had some very strong feelings about what went on. What was your knee-jerk reaction from the last game?
1: Uh, Knee-jerk? The O-line is not just bad. It's brutal. It's horrendous. It's... Just, it makes me want to take a rusty spoon and just kind of gouge the old eyes out. It, there's nothing redeeming about the offensive line, aside from Tevin Jenkins might be a dude at right guard. Um, and, I don't know, maybe you got something in Braxton Jones. I That's about it, but there's still a long way to go when you're starting guys that are probably backups on every other team.
0: You know what, I think you and I are very much on the same page because my knee-jerk reaction was I hope Justin survives against the Patriots just because knowing what the Patriots' defense can bring, they had 10 pressures and sacks the Browns four times. I mean, that was a little rough. Uh, And just one thing that I would also want to bring up with that is there's actually this good image here that that Brad Spielberger had. Shout-out to Brad, uh, at PFF underscore Brad. What this is going to show is how quarterbacks are EPA against man versus zone. If you look, you can't even see it on the screen with my banner here because it's so low, way down here at the bottom. Justin Mitchell Fields. Trubisky? Yeah, he's down there even further, but a little higher than him. <laughs> Justin Fields, clearly just how far down he is there does not do well against man. Does a decent job against zone. Um, you know what of, I
1: find kind of – Ironic about that. I know he's no longer on the roster, but Mitchell Trubisky traditionally speaking was always pretty good against man because he could see it in front of him and he didn't have to guess where people were Hmm. and struggled against the zone. This actually, this chart actually surprises me given that I expect, I would expect Mitch to be down here, like with Baker Mayfield where he struggles more with
0: zone and less with man, but it shocks me that he's that far over. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I'm I'm not really sure as to why that shifted. Um, regarding for Justin, though, you know we've talked about this before. A lot of it, I think, still has to do with the trust in terms of knowing when a guy is going to be there, like at the right time. Um, according to also PFF, 29.5 percent of Justin catches have been uncatchable and inaccurate, which is the highest in the NFL by far. Uh, nothing about the situation's good. The lines not good. The separation, the receivers aren't good. But Justin's not making it any better. You know, Justin even today talked about that, how, you know, he felt his time, his clock was going quick and that he needed people to bring him back down a little bit. I like the vulnerability there, being honest and saying, hey, this is a problem for me. Uh, That's and I need some help on that. So I think that's huge. Um, Obviously, you you don't want that to be happening. Um, And it's it's just kind of wild um, and, and quite unfortunate, too.
1: Right. Uh, to kind of tack on, if I could just add something, since we do tend to air tend to on a little bit of negativity lately. Um, the more I watch, the more I'm encouraged by the overall coaching staff, if I can say so. Um, it, it's kind of like putting a snowball into the seventh ring of hell kind of thing at this point where it's like, yay, the coaches are good, kind of, and everything else is bad. But I think they have a legitimately decent coaching staff that is, at least meticulous enough to clean up the little things and try to show progress. And they do the thing that every t- fan base wants their team to do at half. They, they do adjust. Now they have to adjust a lot because it seems their initial planning has to kind of get thrown into the wind, but it's something to kind of at least point to as a positive.
0: I would, I would say so. And you really do have to try to find the positives in, in this do. season. You do. You, you know, definitely do. There's not a lot to go around, but, uh, yeah, got to snag it when you can. Absolutely. So, next, what we can look at is a little bit of our training room roundup. So, basically, just what is happening with the Bears, what is happening with the Patriots in terms of the injuries that are happening. And, of course... This is taking forever, so now I'm not going to get up quickly. There well, go.
1: the Bears' latest injury report was a whole lot of nothing. So I can there tell you is.
0: that. <laughs> Hold it up, and there's literally nothing up there. Not not a single thing <laughs> that the Bears currently have. So this means they're winning the game, right, Danny? Uh, y- well, if you listen to Belichick, did yeah, y- yes,
1: seven minutes and 1100 or so words, whatever it was, of him just describing the Bears.
0: It's, it's so funny. I don't know what it is if, if Bill just does this pure troll or if he truly yeah. likes special you know teams that much. I, that, actually, the amount yeah. that he talked yeah. about the Bears special teams was correct. Benign. Yeah. So
1: it's funny because it's actually we have a special guest coming up. I'll leave the introduction for that later. But uh, my, one of my questions was, is this Bill doing a bit or is this him just like <laughs> being Bill? Like is this just something he does?
0: You know – Probably a little bit of A, probably a little bit of B. That's the thing. So I, I lucked out. I got to actually talk with Bill Belichick when I went to the Combine last year. And, you know, you always hear about how gruff he is, how he doesn't give you answers. We had like a full 30-minute conversation just because I just asked him about general football. And so I think if you ask him about so football history, football. yeah, general football, special teams, like one of those topics, he just could talk to you forever. So it's 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 a little bit of both, I would think. Right. So there's not anything to talk. About. The only thing we should mention um, about the Bears specifically would be two things. I would say, a Alex Loderwood, um is got you know activated, or the window was opened up for for his mono. Um, he, some people have been asking why is he why would can he play last week or why wasn't he up for this week? A couple things. A as reports have come out, car accident that occurred. We got to keep that in mind. Um, so as of right now, I don't expect him anytime soon. Definitely because of that. But from the medical side, it's a pretty big thing. Uh, it's a pretty big thing in terms of trying to come back from mono, especially if you're a bigger dude. You already – we heard that. We saw that with COVID. A lot of alignment, offensive and defensive, had a hard time so getting back from something respiratory. It's just how the body is in general. And same thing with mono. It, yeah, it, it, you have a harder time coming it back.
1: Is- also worth noting, wasn't that what put Darnold out for like a good chunk of the season a few years back? Like he contracted mm-hmm. mono, and he just like he he lost like thirty pounds or something, and he just couldn't like get healthy. I want to say that's what it was. I could I could be misremembering though.
0: No, yeah, you're absolutely. I think you're absolutely right if I recall correctly. So it could be a couple of weeks to come back from that. It could be a couple months. So I would be since they opened up that window. You know, obviously I think there's about one more week left of that. So expect it maybe in the third week. Potentially, maybe. Um, The other thing is, and we'll get more into this when our guest pops in, but Nikhil Harry, in in terms of what, you know, he's, he's, I thought he could play last week. I think the Bears are being just overly conscious and cautious. Makes sense in a season that's not exactly the best right now. (laughs) I don't know that you're a Nikhil Harry away from fixing all your problems. So let him rest. Uh, But I think you're pretty excited for him to get out there, aren't you, Danny?
1: Um, Excited is, I guess, overselling it a bit, but yeah, I mean, um, it, it'll it'll be nice to see a warm body that's not, you know, Dante Pettis or Equinemius Saint Brown. Like, I, truthfully, I'm probably more excited about these two wide receivers that the that these two being uh, Isaiah Coulter, who they just brought up from the practice squad upon releasing Amir Smith Marset, and the activation of Nikhil Harry, who, like you said, I think he probably could have gone last week. I think it was more precautionary coming off a short week and having just activated him. Um, but I, and that's another question I do have for our guests. But I I almost want to say, like, I, I'm not excusing. that He has been a bust by the very definition of it to this point in his career. But I wonder how much of it was due to, being miscast in a role that he wasn't supposed to be, because even the way I had him kind of, you know, fanalist scouted, you know, for what I do leading up to draft season, I didn't see him as an outside guy. He always reminded me of, of, he was bigger, stronger, ball winner, box out kind of guy that they wanted to play outside who didn't really have the the separation skills to play outside. Where if you kind of just let them run short stuff and then and play a quote unquote power slot role, you might have had something. Now I am excited because of all the guys. I guess to use your term that I that you brought up upon mentioning him is I think that's the role they're going to use him in. Economy is Saint Brown is outside only. Darnell Mooney's been used almost, exclu- not exclusively, but by and large outside. Nikhil Harry theoretically has a role where he can just come in and fill as a slot power wide receiver. Now he might be viewed almost as a secondary tight end, which is, you know, fine, whatever, do what you want to do. But I think it's worth noting that he might have a large role because you, you saw him in training camp. He was with the ones a ton. Now, was he producing a lot? No, he had just gotten there and then he, He had the high ankle sprain pretty early on upon getting here. Mm -hmm. But I I think it's worth noting. I think he's in the plans, and of all the guys on the roster, he probably has the best percentage of being one of the lotto tickets to pan out, and maybe you get something out of him and have a contributor for something more than just this season. Is it likely? I'm not going to say that. Is it possible? I'm willing to go that far.
0: Absolutely, and we talked about earlier trying to find positive things. This is something that you have something to potentially be positive about, right? Some type of growth from a receiver that can give you something you don't necessarily have. I always looked at him as a tweener, kind of like you talked about. Uh, I'm going to say in probably less cool terms than you did, but I, he's too big, too small to be a tight end, too big to be a receiver. Can he Can he be a mismatchy guy? You know, you know what I, I
1: honestly think they brought him in for? It, and it's such an easy comparison – because of the system that Getsy comes from, they probably brought him in to kind of be Alan Lazard.
2: Mm, Where yeah.
1: Alan Lazard coming out of that Iowa State program was a bit too slow, too big to be a true wide receiver, a bit too big, too – or a bit too small, too fast to be a true tight end. So they put him in that, quote-unquote, the power slot role. I think that's what they're
0: kind of envisioning. And if that actually happens – think Alan Lazard's stats over to the Patriots. They have a much more lengthy list here. Uh, they always do their, their injury list is usually quite long. Um, the biggest one to talk about is obviously going to be Mac Jones. Um, if you've followed anything I've been sharing or even the podcast, I, I did with uh, Kyrie, like, you know, my thought press a Mac, I think he should have gotten the surgery. I think he's going to, should be out another week or two, but it's looking like he's angling to play. Um, Danny, in your perspective, would you rather see Mac Jones out there or Bailey Zappi?
1: As a Bears fan, probably Mac Jones because he's going to be playing battered and bruised and hurting and not probably to the full strength. And from what we've seen from Zappi, he's been competent. Now, inevitably, it's always – I've said it on this show. I've said it on other podcasts I've been been guests on or hosted myself that inevitably – the league adjusts. It's how you adjust back to the adjustment. They had no tape on Zappy aside from what he did at Western Kentucky prior to those two starts. The ball flutters on him. He doesn't have the arm to make a lot of push throws or deep dig routes down the field, things like that. So it's just interesting how it could be. I think it's I think it's very tough to just say, oh put you want to play Zappy because of this that the other. Mm, Yeah. Given how he's performed, I would much rather see Mack at this point because he, A, was struggling earlier this year, even before he got hurt, and B, he is hurt now, so what's going to lead you to believe he's just going to magically get better?
0: What about you, Mason? Uh, As a Bears fan looking to improve draft stock, I would prefer to see Zappi just because I think he's going to have the Patriots running a little more efficiently. I'm not gonna lie, I'm that person that I don't think you're a bad fan if you want your team if you're okay with your team losing. Like I, I'm always gonna celebrate a win, but like I don't necessarily right now with two and four and a pretty rough schedule coming at, I don't need the Bears to steal extra wins that they don't really deserve. So gimme zappy who's gonna run the offense probably more efficiently because Mac Jones is gonna be limping around out there. It's, it's as simple as that.
1: I understand that perspective completely. <laughs> I feel Uh, like
0: Jesus right now. Let there be light. (laughs) (laughs) And then some other notable uh, injuries, Nelson Aguilar, uh, who's he's just hasn't really been doing too much for the Patriots and costing him way too much money. He did not participate with hamstring. A lot of these limited participation guys, ones that are important, Jonathan Jones, cornerback with an ankle, Kendrick Bourne toe, Isaiah Wynn, tackle with a shoulder. It's, it's Thursday. I mean, this is the first, you know, injury report we're seeing. That's what happens with a Monday game. I expect most of those guys are probably going to be out there. And plus the Patriots always, like I said, have a super long list and then have anyone, everyone play anyway.
1: Absolutely. All
0: right. I, now,
1: now you guys can see me clearly. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing.
0: I think it's a great thing. Who wouldn't want well, to see your
1: thanks. face? Oh, well, thanks bud.
0: <laughs> so we're going to move on to, to be a per- perfectly honest, something brutally honest about this team and the upcoming matchup. Uh, mine. It was that, According to football outsiders DVOA, Bears had the fifth easiest schedule so far, but they have the second hardest remaining schedule. I'm going to say it again, you were two and four against the fifth easiest schedule and have the second hardest remaining. That is to be we honest one time for the one time. It is ugly. It is ugly moving forward.
1: Yeah. Um that's kind of similar to what I, my, I literally wrote down on my handy dandy notepad here. Um, but to be a perfectly honest, um, it's going to get a hell of a lot worse before it starts getting better. Bears fans. It's not, there's not a random player coming through those doors. who's going to magically change your fortunes. Now you might, as I've alluded to on Twitter, as I've said on here, you might get a small wide receiver trade. I know you and I have differing opinions on that, but, that's something we might see we might see them move off of players like Robert Quinn maybe there's a Roquan Smith trade in the cards we don't know quite yet um there's what two weeks left till the trading deadline right we're in week 7 i think it's in week 9 i believe so so it's just not a it's not a great outlook and i mean like i said it's it's the snowball in the seventh ring of hell you're hoping that the coaching is going to continue to develop what they can have. And maybe you find a gem or two, maybe it's a Nikhil Harry, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe Nicholas Morrow all of a sudden becomes something you weren't expecting him to be. But at this point, I think Morrow is still painfully Morrow. And he, there's only certain things he can do because of that.
0: Rough times definitely had, I mean, there's also teams right that you looked at the schedule and you were like, okay, this either is 50, 50 toss up or a win. And some of those came early. You know, the Commanders was one where it was like, ugh, Carson Wentz, what do you do? I mean, you lost to Carson Wentz. He threw under 100 yards passing, right?
1: Um,
0: <laughs>
3: That's just so bad.
1: And I, that was like, that ga- I was at that game in section 113. When I tell you Justin Fields was running for his damn life, that guy was running for his damn life. And Carson Wentz was awful at football that game.
0: Mm-hmm. And now you look ahead. Some of the teams that maybe—I mean, I originally had the Eagles as a team where it was like, okay, maybe you could figure out. Some, but no, now they're one of the better teams in football. You still have the Bills coming up. You know, you still have the Lions who aren't—definitely are not your old Lions. I don't know where they're necessarily at, but it's—it's it's not necessarily. No, it doesn't look good.
1: It's bad news, bears. Is what it is? Hey, see, look, it's a pun. I
0: did it too, maybe I wasn't even ready for it. There we go. (laughs) But now we can look on the lighter side of things, and something that we found a little humorous. So, Danny, what did you find funny about this matchup?
1: I mean, you kind of already said it. I found it hilarious that Carson Wentz essentially led them to a football victory, and he didn't even reach 100-yard passing. I just I giggled my ass off hearing that. I was just like, that's just,
0: what? (laughs) And then ended up on IR. The, the following yeah and
1: then broke his ring finger like all right cool oh that's how bad we're at mine is looking ahead a lot how down how down bad are you i'm so down bad that a broken fingered quarterback beat us with under 100 yards
0: i'm looking at the fact that mac jones and bailey zappy have each played in three games this season mac has two touchdowns bailey has four touchdowns this has been done with a dynamic duo of joe judge and matt patricia at the offensive helm now, in six games, Justin has thrown for four touchdowns. Now, that's kind of funny to me. Tyquan Thornton has played in two games this season. <coughs> he has six receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. That's the same as Equanemia St. Brown with six receptions and more than Dante Pettis, who has five, Cliff Herbert, who has five, and only four less than Cole Komet and Dave Montgomery, who have 10 each. So you have these three individuals, Tyquan Thornton, who has missed time because of a broken collarbone, Mac, who was obviously out because of his ankle injury, and then Bailey Zappi, who came in as the third string guy, who are all out producing or same producing as the Bears players across six games. Amazing. Can
1: you pull up John Talalia's uh, last post? The humorous Fields has more 10 plus yard completions on the season than completions in the zero to nine yard range. What in the world? is going on with this offense <laughs> uh,
0: I have no idea that? who that is how am i supposed to find that person he's in the comment section oh i thought you meant the comment i thought you meant no, twitter no, i thought you meant on twitter at 6:15
1: there it is look at that is it? Is there? I know that you put that when we put this segment together, it was supposed to be funny, haha. But I feel like every week it's laugh to keep from crying, haha. Like there's no good that's coming of this segment right now. Other than I'm sad all the time. No,
0: it's, it's Pegliacci, <laughs> the the this crying clown every single time. It, <laughs> you know, we God going back now. We're going back. We're getting off the rails. But week one, like just. I know it was a monsoon, and I know you had all this crazy stuff going on, but there was at least something to hold your hat on. You, you had think little things that were kind of cool, kind of funny. We are running out of all those things very, very quickly.
1: Well, and I don't think anyone expected to get this expected it to get this bad, this fast.
0: Oh, right, exactly. I mean, especially again, beginning of the season, fifth, fifth easiest schedule, you expected to beat one of those teams, one, but no. But in the, the
1: part that's most frustrating is, and this is how you know that coaching staff is doing and executing their game plan to some extent, they're not getting their doors blown off. They're they should they could have and probably should have won the Viking game. They could have and probably should have won the commander game. So instead of two and four, you're talking about four and two, right? Mm-hmm. So It's like you're at this weird middle ground of this. This is where you can tell you lack talent. The game plan is kind of working. Justin, for all the issues he's showing, is growing in spite of everything. And and we'll talk about this more later in the show because I've got a whole gang of thoughts on that too. But it's like it's so painfully obvious how talent deficient this team is. And we've said it on each of the other shows we've recorded. More than a quarter of the Bears' salary cap is dedicated to guys who aren't even on this roster because they punted on this season. What did we want this to
0: look like? That's that's a good question. Um, I know I can say I was hoping for Deshaun Watson mini. I was hoping for when he came out and, like, they lost, and they usually lost – Decently bad, but he showed Mm -hmm. growth. He showed production. But now, keep in mind too, and that was so different, you know. And I see that obviously now. Now, having clouded eyes of the, you know, drinking the Bears Gatorade in in summer, you know, you don't have a DeAndre Hopkins you're throwing to, and even the other rest of their weapons were solid. You don't even have a Will Fuller. You don't even have a Will Fuller who I know a lot of people keep talking about how Will Fuller should be someone that people call and all this jazz. Now it's different, but at least back then he at least was good. He was solid. Their line wasn't terrible. Their line was again solid, but like the Bears just don't have that. They just don't. They don't have the horses. And yeah, and Justin, and this is a good comment. I mean, yeah, Justin's always looking for the big play, that touchdown to check down, except rarely checks it down. That's another step in his progression. I think we see the running backs get used more in the passing game. And that's a perfect example of where this is so multifactorial. I'm not giving Justin a pass. I don't think any, anyone really is. Uh, most of us, I think, are just saying, let's also look around at the rest of the team. All
1: right. Do we want to move on to our next segment, the concussed corner? Yeah,
0: why don't you take it away? What is what is something that, you know, either from the last game or something coming up of the next game, Decision uh, is just so odd that the decision-maker must be concussed?
1: So I'm actually going to make our – Beloved quarterback, the concussed decision maker here. Um, Justin was asked, "What plays do you want to run in the end in the red zone, close to the end zone, to score a touchdown?" Allegedly, from what we've learned, it was that play that they drew up to. Uh, I don't. Not James O'Shaughnessy, See who's the other backup tight end whose name I'm blanking on. Uh, Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin. He's open. He, he Justin knows it to his credit. That you've got to make that. You're an NFL quarterback. You have to make that throw. It looks like a bad decision, though, when the coaches are coming to you saying, Hey, Justin, what do you want to run? They call what you want to run, and you don't make the completion. That being said, that ball was thrown in the end zone by where I was sitting. It was not a good throw. Justin has to make that throw. They also, kind of, your point, they have no horses. That guy was – Brian Griffin was running in molasses. <laughs> it was not a great throw. But good God, man, can we get – I feel like this is something I've been pining for my entire fandom. There are never athletes on this team,
0: mm-hmm.
1: ever. They're always slow. They're always big, and there's just like, can there be any fast players on this team, aside from like one or two,
0: that will make a difference? And then when they do get the fast guys – that's, they don't all do they, that's, that's, that's all, all they, they do. do. It's just like he, they're usually a small, slight guy that gets hurt or can't catch or can't run the route right. And Or, or it's six, 25 years old coming out of Tennessee. <laughs> and it's like, why can't you scout and find someone that – other teams do it. Other teams have receivers. Other teams have these tools and fun things. Why can't the Bears have fun things? Because we're not allowed to have nice things. Yeah, because we have the 85 Bears. That's all we get. <laughs> my concussed oh, corner God. is is relying I'm a, I am like stats I mean you've seen it I've shown graphs up here I tweet it out all the time um, mm-hmm. I've used for example um, Buckus stats Q he does such a good job I love the stats he has but they only go so far I believe and, our buddy Q is tuned in tonight as well oh good well Q hopefully you know you're enjoying the the, the stuff I'm throwing at you here because like I said I do love what you do and That's awesome, he, man. You have to be careful because these offensive line grades, for example, are pissing me off. I'm sorry. When you see anywhere that shows that the Bears are ranked second best in terms of you know win rates for the offensive line, you need to look at the tape. The tape doesn't support that. I believe it was Seth Walder who was tweeting out some of ESPN stuff. Um, He's one of the analytics guys there and showing how like mm -hmm. and he was showing four screenshots right of look at the pocket, look at the pocket, look at the pocket. And I I don't great. That's a snapshot. Like what, what about the receivers downfield? I don't, if you're, if you have a clean pocket, you have nowhere to throw, where are you going to go with it? It's absolutely ridiculous. The other thing, and I found this out today. I had no idea about this. One of the ways that they actually look at win rate is that they use the next gen stats, right? That has the sensors and the pads. And if a rep is one too quickly, that's actually counted as a free rush. Therefore, it doesn't go against the offensive line. So if you are so bad that you just whiff entirely, or if you like turn, <laughs> if you turn and block the wrong person because you misidentify the line, the, the, what's happening, that just counts as a free rusher and that doesn't go against you. So when Sam Mustover turns to the right and goes to block the wrong person, and then there's a free runner that comes, that doesn't go against him. How does that make sense? I would argue that it does not make sense. So all I'm saying is when you're looking at these stats. Make sure they match the film. Make sure they match the tape. We're getting, analytics has its place. I love it. I love the whole, it's fourth and five and da-da-da-da-da, so we should go for it here and all that. But take it with a grain of salt, please. So I,
1: I agree with that. And it's like, we're at that weird, this weird point in time where we're trying to measure stats with film with what then those two add up to in like a player's psyche, the behavioral, the psychological, the, yep. the human nature of being an athlete. Like it used to be, we only really talked about this with baseball because of the nature of a 162 game season. But it's like we are so quickly to—I know in our little group—we had a discussion not too long ago about sacks and who's at fault, right? And it was there was a certain segment saying that it was all the quarterback's fault. That it was all that every sack is technically at fault of the the quarterback. And it's like I don't know how you get to that conclusion. It's it's all it's all it's an all-encompassing thing that you're trying to navigate it's not just stats it's not just the tape it's not just someone's psychological well-being it's everything encompassed into one right
0: yep and that's that's the hardest part right it's you're you're melding these old school new school and you see it all the time across multiple jobs professions and and in sport multiple sports it's how much do you rely on what you know about the sport what your eyes tell you and how much do you rely on what the numbers tell you? And you got to find that marriage. Exactly. Next segment our jaw dropping stats. We're looking at a stat that just blows us away in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> oh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, right? Who doesn't love a little Jim Carrey in their life? Anyway, Daddy, what is your jaw dropping stat? So, the fish man himself,
1: Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic, uh, tweeted this out earlier, and I'm sure Mason's going to pull up the screen cap for me because he is the best host in the world. Um, the Bears quarterbacks who have pulled a zappy are 300 plus yards with two touchdowns and no interceptions in a win. It has been done a whopping 12 times in Bears history. Yikes. And Zappy's done done that, I believe, in both of his first two starts.
0: Oh man! Something, did you also know, by the way, that Aaron Rodgers has done that thirty five times and four times against the Bears? Because of course he has. <laughs> Why wouldn't he have? <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, absolutely wild. It's, it's grotesque. It's awful. Oh, God, I don't even know where to go. Mine's not as cool as that. Uh, mine's actually more fun, I guess.
3: My, dropping,
0: <laughs> my jaw-dropping stat is, uh, according to Next Gen Stats, Justin Fields had the fourth least likely completion chance with his 40-yard touchdown pass to Dante Pettis at a 22.9% likelihood. In addition, Pettis reached a speed of 19.76 miles per hour on that route, which is good for 13th fastest that week. But you know someone who ran faster? Was Ramondre Stevenson, who reached 19.96 miles per hour on his 31 yard touchdown run for the 11th fastest of the week? Stevenson is a 229 pound running back and I was say, is a 94 pound receiver. Uh, that's pretty damn fast for someone who's that big. Yeah, he's got good feet, man.
1: His, his tape was uh, nothing short of fun when he was at Oklahoma. I'll say that much.
0: Going back a little bit, uh, John points out that Green Bay has zero games over two hundred and fifty passing yards this season. Sure, that's one one season we're talking about compared to the years and years and years back we've gone through the Bears. Ignore you know, the back-to-back MVPs
1: that the Bad Man has won the last two years. It's fine.
0: No. Yeah, it just as a sidebar. Like, I I like taking victory laps over Green Bay when I can because what else do I have to live for kind of a thing. But it seems, it also feels so hollow when it has to be like this, right? Where it's like, um, it's to mark the
1: fourth quarter from last night, sir.
0: Yeah. I do have that. I didn't even get to watch it though. My cable was being a problem. <laughs> I'm so, I'm really upset about it. I watched the highlights today. That's about it.
1: Oh, well, that's what they're for. Highlights are the catch you up in real, in a very fast pace,
0: but that's the first part of our show. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to preview the Bears at Patriots.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
0: All right, and we're back. So for this section, again, we like to look ahead at the specific matchup. Did you know that last week, New England head coach Bill Belichick recorded his 324th career win, including the postseason, which tied Pro Football Hall of Famer George Ellis with 324, the second most wins by head coach in NFL history, with the Patriots win against Chicago in Monday Night Football, if that were to occur uh, which is happening at 8.15 Eastern, if you care about that. Belichick would surpass all-time win list with only pro football Hall of Famer Don Shula Don with 3.47 ahead of him. That's kind of wild.
1: Yeah, so it's actually funny when I saw that stat come across my timeline earlier this week. Um, I did a whole uh, an oral presentation on uh, George, George Hallis in 2012 when I was a junior in college for a speech class that I had to take. And it was like something you had to average. The next closest coach at the time to being able to surpass George Hallis was Bill Belichick, and he had to average something like, I think it was 11 wins a season to do it. Don't don't crucify me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what it was. But the fact that he's now tied and about to eclipse (laughs) George Hallis, now a decade later, is like just... It's bonkers to
0: me. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. And then you also add in the fact that the New England Patriots lead this series specifically, 10 10 wins to four, and that the Patriots have won the last five of those. And the last Bears win was back in 2000 when they won 24 to 17. Like, it's, it's cool that there's so much history when it comes to the Bears and Hallis. I mean, Shula obviously is a good example of that, too. But just then you start to get into the more modern times and, and the inadequacy and ineptitude is startling, to say the least. Yep. But we'll look at ways that we think that potentially maybe we can shift some of that. So now we're going to move into our love it, hate it, and rehabilitate it. So basically, one category thing, match up thought process that we love about this game for the bears. One thing that we absolutely hate might be a lot of things and something that if we put our coaching or GM hat on that we would rehabilitate. So Danny, what is your love?
1: Um, the matchup of fields against Belichick's defenses. Historically, I believe Belichick just does struggle with more mobile athletic can kind of make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Quarterbacks. Um, not saying that Justin has proven to be able to do that at any sustainable level to this point but he should be able to given that he is a very good athlete he is showing at the nfl level to be a good if not great runner once he gets open for space um i mean there's not much else to love i don't think unless you're like starting to really like scrape and grasp at straws But that's about the best I could come up with. And even then, it's like a double-edged sword because you're asking him to create something out of nothing. And then, you know, we already talked about the offensive line. Yeah,
0: right. That's – it's kind of a – yeah, you're stuck in a hard place. But we'll talk about this later when our guest pops on. But I would think, you know, you always Bill Belichick is so good about taking away – at least what you do best, one, your best weapon. I would think he's going to do everything in his power to try to figure out why he struggled in the past up against some of those mobile quarterbacks and to take away Justin's legs, right? We heard that with Mitch. We heard that earlier this season with Justin, make him a quarterback. My love, which was, again, hard to come up with, uh, a chance for Tevin Jenkins to continue to grow against good competition. Uh, Jacob Infante had a good tweet earlier this week. Check him out. Uh, I don't have it pulled up specifically. Just look up his name. But through six games, Tevin has .048 points earned per snap, which is third best for offensive guards, .015 points above average per snap, which is fourth best, and no sacks allowed and only six pressures across those six games. So for me, seeing what he can do against a Bill Belichick defense, have the horses that maybe the Bears offense doesn't have. I think it's going to be something that is going to show myself, hopefully you and the Bears fans all over and Ryan Poles, what they have in Tevin Jenkins and why he's worth their time because I mean, he had a rough summer in terms of how that was all handled. So to see him oh, excelling is 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 nice. Yeah. Um, I guess moving on, what do you hate then? You love that. What do you hate? I'm going to stick with the Patriots defense and just basically what I think they're going to ultimately do to to poor Justin Fields. Uh, They, they rank seventh in defensive DVOA. They're sixth in uh, passing DVOA, but surprisingly only uh, 26th in rushing DVOA. So you really do need to use the legs, but you want to see him grow as a passer, but man, I am really concerned with what this passing game is going to look like against this particular defense. What about you?
1: Uh, Mine was specifically the Patriots defensive line and edge rushers versus the offensive line because last year I was actually probably one of the few in the camp of, I thought Matthew Judon had a legitimate argument for being the DPOI, but Mm. I think that guy is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I I just don't like the overall matchup Jenkins. Like you said, it's nice that he's going to have, the chance to go up against more competition, better competition, prove it, you know, test his metal kind of thing. But it's like, I just don't like how it all lines up, man. It's just a, it's not a great look. And it's like, I, I know you kind of alluded to it a little bit. I almost do want them as I've heard guys like, I think pundits like Lewis Riddick put out there. I, I i do want to see more design runs, like just make them make the threat known that he is going to run outside of just broken plays.
0: Uh, I want to highlight this question here and I'll let you take it, Danny. What is a worse matchup Patriots secondary versus our pass catchers or their pass rushers versus our offensive line? <laughs> I, I abstain. <laughs> no, you have to choose.
1: <laughs> I, uh, probably their pass rushers just because I don't trust anyone on this offensive line. And I think – I think I've brought it up before on this show. Jonathan Wood did uh, a whole breakdown on fields leading into the season that inevitably concluded for Justin's uh, for Justin's processing and his um, strengths protection is more vital for him than pass catchers are, that he he wants that is better to protect him than to just surround him with weapon after weapon after weapon like he's Joe Burrow because that's just not the way he plays. Um. I would say that's probably why. And I just don't think this offensive line is really any damn good to say the least.
0: You know, I would, you kind of covered it all. I don't think I need to go too in depth here. I would agree. I think the pass rush for SEO lines worse. Um, they don't have good weapons. We know that, but um, I still think Darnold, Darnold Mooney was better this summer in practices and, and all those things. than than he's showing currently um, there. It's not as bad as it looks. And so, and ultimately too, I don't I don't think the Patriots secondary is amazing. They're good, but I don't think they're really amazing. That's just my two cents. Uh what would you well, rehabil, What would you rehabilitate?
1: Uh same thing as I said last show. The offensive line, you gotta I, I don't need to see Lucas Patrick at guard. I just don't play him at center. Mustafer is bad. I know he's bad. I don't need to prove that he's bad. They brought Lucas Patrick here for a reason. Play him at center play Lucas or play Larry Borm at right tackle, play Tevin Jenkins at right guard, continue with Braxton Jones at left tackle and, and figure out what works at left guard. Yeah, I mean, you. I, I don't need any more Sam Mustafer. I would love for it to be Riley reef or Alex Leatherwood, but Leatherwood, I don't think is near ready. Right. right. I don't know. I still don't know what the hell Riley reef is or what's going on. He was brought here on a bigger money deal almost, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, essentially, and no one's—is this his ankle? Is that like what's we're not finding out? I, I don't know.
0: I don't. There's nothing official out there by any means. There has, right. to, but there has to be something more than they're letting on. Because, and I would think it's the ankle. I really would. Because otherwise, it, it, that's why I think you gave that incentive in contract. You know. They probably jumped the gun a little bit in terms of signing him. And we're just like, we need someone in here. And I'm sure the agents were able to play off. And they'll be like, oh, we got other offers. Get him in here. But yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. That's that's the only thing I can think of. And Schofield, honestly, Schofield, and this is kind of interesting, you know, Schofield did uh, okay when Patch got hurt. He actually, he did okay. Um, I still have that one play against the Chiefs burned into my memory. But that was the only thing. Oh, Chris Jones just making him his little brother. Yeah. that's (laughs) That's what I think. When I hear Schofield, I go, I go that. So, but it can't yeah, be worse right than what right Patrick on. did.
1: No. And I, I just don't I, – I actually heard this listening to the radio earlier today while at work. It was like they asked – I think it was Jason Leeser from the Sun-Times asked them, why isn't Lucas Patrick playing center when you signed him to be a center? And they essentially said, that's a great question. Moving on. And it's <laughs>
2: – <laughs> <like, laughs> Wait
1: a minute. <laughs> like if, if only we knew
0: someone who could make that change.
2: <laughs> who
0: knew? And mine, I'm gonna keep it simple. Um, I want more two back sets. I don't under you have two good running backs, and that's probably the strength of your offense right now. Your pass catchers aren't very good. Uh the Packers have done a decent job of that in terms of using two backs who are good, and when you don't have great receivers, why not use both? We've seen Dave Montgomery is a pretty darn good pass catcher. And he's never really been, I don't think, unleashed in that category. Could you put him, instead of putting him on the outside like you do most of the time, Could you put him in the slot, right? And have him do like a little bit of a block or you can leak out into a passing route while you have Cleo Herbert in the backfield. The main negative I see with that is now you have Herbert potentially doing pass protection and he's not been great at that. So that's probably I think one of the reasons he's not seeing the field as much.
1: So you're essentially subscribing to the school of thought at this point by suggesting that it's kind of like the the basketball thing, but just put your best five out there to damn who who does what. Just get your best talent out there in some capacity.
0: That's where I'm at. Especially because especially okay. when you're at receiver, but you don't I, have you don't have the young guys that you're really working at. Like, I don't care what Dante Pettis does anymore. I just don't. Like I I don't need to see him anymore. <laughs> like, but so let me use David Montgomery, who's probably gonna be better and get more run better routes and get more yards after catch then he's going to at this point I mean I
1: think like 80% of Pettis's catches have been for touchdowns so, oh shut, shut
0: up he's got like four <laughs> <times>. <laughs> like oh god and I was you and I talked about this we were high on him in the offseason we were like cool I hope he gets that final spot but that was the thing final spot number six I don't want you being my number two or my number three I want you as my sixth. <laughs> Uh, it's just- all right we are going to move on i'm and having we're, fun and we're going to look at the patriot perspective and we're gonna figure out is this the zappy hour or and are we are patriots fans gonna be forced to take their maxine i can't take credit for that that's all Ky- Kyrie. No, I that's left. all I me him. buddy <laughs> that's all him Kyrie, how are you doing man I'm doing excellently,
3: man. Uh, honestly, I feel like I, I want to be more part of the show. Like I, I feel like I, now I want to be on this every time because I mean, there, there's, so, there's so much joy amid the pain.
1: I love it. It's, it's just laugh to keep from crying, Kyrie. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, Kyrie, what is? Your perspective, because apparently Bill Belichick thinks this Bears team is the best football team that's ever graced a a turf or grass with how great he was talking glowingly about them in in that presser. Is that your perspective? Um, well, I'll say this,
3: uh, typically when Bill Belichick takes that long of a time to talk about, you know, how good a team is and he goes down the roster and he's praising players like Tristan Ebner, like that, that honestly, that got me right there because like most of the people on the Patriots beat don't know anything about Tristan Ebner or Dante Pettis, or they don't know which Jones, you know, he's talking about. I'm like, oh my God, he thinks this team's terrible. I mean, that's it. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna sit up there. I'm gonna hype everybody up and be like, yeah, don't basically don't take these guys for granted, okay? This guy plays for this team. He he uh, he 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 plays football. Therefore, uh, you should take him seriously. And it's like, oh my god! All right, Kyrie. Crazy. So that are about to smoke these guys.
1: That leads me to my next question because I actually <laughs> had this written down with like big stars around it. I was like, is this him doing a bit? Or is it like, or just filling time because he has to be up there instead of like doing the Marshawn Lynch, like you know why I'm here kind of thing.
3: I like, mean,
1: it
3: it's it's basically a look. I just want to show you all that we are not taking this team for granted. Um, you know, I don't want my team to take it for granted. I sat up there. He's basically, I watched film on these guys, and therefore I'm going to tell you. I'm I'm gonna tell you that I did. I want you to know how hard this was to to watch to watch Treston Ebner. And it's like I, I don't I don't know that he said anything about the offensive line or anything. You think about that with Cleveland, right? He's like, oh offensive line, one of the best that we're gonna see this year. And that wasn't hyperbole at all. Didn't hear a jack about the offensive line. Basically, it was yeah, they they make big plays sometimes, which they do. Um you know Eddie Jackson. He brought up Eddie Jackson, which I actually believe he he kind of likes Eddie Jackson. He brought, up, oh yeah, we spent a lot of time with Velas Jones, which doesn't surprise me because he loves his old rookies, uh, his, his, his old uh, you know experienced, mature rookies for sure. Um, I, I, I do had to laugh
1: about that.
3: I I do think that. Look, he he did some of the platitudes with Justin Fields that he does with everybody else. Like, yeah, he can make all the throws. You know what? He can see the field. And I'm just like, oh boy. But I do honestly think that he probably is worried and telling his team to be worried about his legs. Like, don't let this guy mess you up. Also, he can throw the ball like 60 yards. So be aware of
0: that too. So we had talked earlier that. Mac Jones, right. Was a limited participant today. Um, If you talk to a lot of Patriot fandom, you know, Bailey Zappi is the next coming of Tom Brady. It is, is there any truth to Zappi potentially being better, maybe not better quarterback, but a better fit for what the Patriots want to do. And are there any, there are definitely external calls for him to start, but are there any internal discussions or is it no, this is Mac's team.
3: It's funny because we've had people like actually one of my fellow beat reporters yeah i get along with well took a picture of zappi at the podium and he's like doesn't this look like a young tom brady like that's where we are in this process they even think he looks like tom brady i mean the the the, the zappi fever i mean the the symptoms of it are just outrageous is this
1: um, pre or post plastic surgery tom brady he looks like
3: um i would say it's probably more pre um he, he doesn't he doesn't look like the crypt keeper uh i i would say bailey zappi looks com- he looks healthy um you know and, and wide-eyed and youthful i think i think the calls for bailey zappi to start we look we've heard reports and and look i mean these reports have been a little bit sketch so take it for what you, what it's worth we've heard little things like yeah joe judge has been an advocate for bailey zappi and you know he actually called the plays for Bailey's Appy in preseason week one, um, which we thought was kind of curious. And so when he would get opportunities to kind of call plays with the uh, second and third team, while Matt Patricia would call plays for the first team. So that's kind of a little thing. I think they have a bit of a relationship. You know he works with them a lot, but I think. The things that you've heard coming from you know more ironclad sources and people that I I respect um, a bit more than, than what I've been hearing otherwise, basically say there's no quarterback controversy with this team. When Mac Jones is ready to play, he's going to start. That's that. That's it. And look, when it comes to the production Bailey Zappi's had, I mean he play he's played well. Let let's not get it twisted. I mean he has played good, solid football. He hasn't turned it over too much. I mean, he threw an interception like every preseason game. And he's really cut that down. He's done a good job. But it's important to note the difference between what the Patriots have asked Zappi to do versus what they've asked Mac Jones to do. They They basically have made Bailey Zappi run the offense that Mac Jones ran last year, which is mm. the the extremely simplified look. We're going to go under center. We're going to do a lot of play action to help you out. Six, seven-man protections, two-man routes, and just, like, protect it up and hit the open guy. And a lot of screens, just a lot of easy things. Like we're not going to ask you to do too much. And it just happens that he happened to play the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns, which are two of the worst defenses in football. So, I mean, sometimes it's a little easier to look good when you play that level of bad. Now, in, on conversely, with Mac Jones, yeah, he's had more interceptions, you know, more questionable decisions, but they were asking him to be they were asking him to play quarterback. Like from the shotgun, spread you out five wide, make the right decisions. Um, not a whole lot of play action. I mean, they were really asking him to do a lot and to make more throws down the field. I mean, Bailey Zappi really isn't pushing the field. Mac Jones was. Like 20% of his passes were 20 yards or further, which is not what you necessarily think of with Mac Jones. So people say, oh, yeah, there's really not a big difference between, uh, you know, the two players. Well, there's a big difference between the way they're being utilized.
0: hmm Well, and Kyra, you've been lucky enough to see Bill Belichick work his magic, wearing multiple hats, defensive coordinator, head coach, GM, resulting in success as large Super Bowls, and as small as taking a roster deficient in talent, but still winning games. So from that perspective, what do you think of how Ryan Poles has done as a GM with the assets at his disposal?
3: I mean, I've gone back and forth on this, and there's a part of me that understands why, you would look at this roster and think, look, this is so bad. Let's just get the best players available. And I had no problem really with with taking a quarterback, a cornerback like Kyler Gordon. I thought that uh, he was somebody I would have found really interesting on the New England Patriots, actually. And I thought that the fact that they opted to not take a cornerback in the first round might've suggested they were eyeing somebody like him in the second round. And obviously that didn't end up working out. Um, that said, I, I think I'm starting to to look at this team and say they they didn't do enough they didn't do enough for Justin Fields. I mean, I'm watching somebody like Taekwond Thornton who I've heard from, from interesting people that, that I, I trust with this that are kind of national insiders that the Bears really liked Tyquan Thornton and, and that he might have even been their wide receiver one, which tells you that they probably weren't looking to take one until a little bit later, maybe in like, you know, round two or three or, or what have you. And then obviously he comes off the board and people are like, number 50? Are you kidding me? It's like before the George Pickens, which I mean, yeah, that might have been a little bit of a stretch, but. Tyquan Thornton's really good. And it makes you think like, man, why didn't you do that? Like, why, why didn't you opt to to take that kind of player to help out your young quarterback? And obviously the offensive line, I heard you talking about it. It's, it, it's atrocious. And I, I think that if there's one thing that you would want to fix from this team, I mean, the, the weapons, you want to have better weapons, but to give him a little bit more time because, yeah, he's going to hold on to the – Justin Fields is going to hold on to the ball for a minute. That just is what it is. But to allow him to do that in a little bit more peace. Like I feel like that it's been really hard to watch him struggle behind this line and take some of the shots that he has and he's out there trying to make a play and survive some of the, some of the time. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that all in all when you look at it, I understand there wasn't a lot going on. And I feel like you could look at the players that they got – in in Gordon and Brisker and say that that's good stuff okay and maybe Braxton Jones ends up being a steal he just he needs to develop some lower body strength and that's something he's admitted to but it's just hard to look at the Bears situation and and, and what Ryan Poles did right now you know to, up to this point and and think he did enough for for Justin Fields it makes you wonder were they basically and this is my theory that they were basically saying look we're going to have a bad team this year. We're not going to be able to fill all the holes. Basically, Justin, be amazing. Be so good that you can overcome this. And then, okay, yeah, you've got a, a place on the team for next year. And look, if we break you or, or you're bad, then we'll move on to the next guy. That's kind of how I view it. It's a little cold and calculating. And and it really is asking it's a bit unfair to Justin Fields, to be completely honest with you, but that, that's the way it is. It, it's hard to look at what they've done and say they've been fair to Justin Fields.
1: Right. So, Kyrie, you kind of touched a little bit on Fields and him needing more time, and I already kind of addressed that earlier in the show. Um, you are probably more familiar with the, I guess, the big acquisition this offseason for the Bears receiving core in Nikhil Harry. Um, I kind of touched on him earlier in the show, thinking he admitting he's been a quote-unquote bust to this point in his career yeah but i want to know how much of that is him being miscast misused because i had him evaluated as i said earlier in the show as a power slot out of arizona state i know my opinion means next to nothing but i do this fairly regularly and i've learned some things along the way and i just think that maybe he was being misused and he might have some even if it's a minimal chance of maybe reprising some of that talent that had him go 32nd overall to the Patriots versus just being washed out of the league after this year. So was he miscast, misused, or did Brady just hate him? (laughs)
3: Well, I think some of it was Brady hated him. I mean, drop a pass and basically Brady's like, yeah, I'm not throwing it to you anymore. I don't got time for this. And I also wonder if some of it was, you know, Josh McDaniels demands a lot from his wide receivers and they have to make so many adjustments, so many reads in, in this offense. And, and, and I, I wonder if that was just a little bit much and they were trying to force him to be something um, that, that he wasn't. I mean, if we're also going to be honest, I mean, even in college watching him, he just, he doesn't get open on the outside. He's not fast enough. He's not quick enough. He's not fast enough. He doesn't run good enough routes. And so it will be interesting to see how he's deployed because I think I could see him basically being like a like a faster tight end, right? And, and basically, yes, put him as a power slot. Make it have him have him do the sorts of things that Cole Komet can't can't quite do as a route runner and and receiver. He's got about the same size. He blocks well, and so maybe it's a situation where you could be like, he's putting him on the field is almost like putting twelve personnel out there, except that he's can do more, maybe. I think he's got a little bit more run after the catch than than it might seem. He just didn't really get a whole lot of opportunities to do that. Obviously, we know that he's got the size, and I feel like especially in a week like this, I don't know that I'm going to expect a whole lot from Nikhil Harry this week, but the, the Patriots have a pretty small cornerback room. And, and you won and their linebackers don't cover the pass particularly well. So you wonder like, okay, is there a little bit of something that we can do here with him to, to make it work? Um, I ultimately, I don't, I don't know the fit because I I, I don't know that he's really just a particularly good player. I think that they try to get him as a niche guy, you know, big go up and get it guy in, in, in the red zone or, you know, box out guy. And it just didn't work out with Tom Brady and Tom Brady, it was just like, yeah, kind of done with you. I know Cam Newton kind of advocated for Nikhil Harry a lot, tried to get him more touches, but it just it just never really materialized. So I, I think, I don't know. I, I think there's an opportunity for him to maybe get something of a fresh start. I just don't know how much of a fresh start is, is going to benefit him and make him look like a first-round pick.
1: That's exactly the, what, what you described is exactly what Mason and I were getting over. And it's like, I came to the conclusion that they're going to use them like Alan Lazard last year in green Bay. Like that's exactly, like, this is what they want him to be. Just yeah. blocking the slot, do a little bit of run after catch and just don't screw up.
3: Yeah. And, but, and you know what I got to say, man, and I, I was thinking about this earlier, um, with Justin Fields, I, I know we, we might get into this conversation a little bit more later, but but I think that the narrative about Justin Fields has flipped so dramatically because of the Thursday night and the hopes were high and, and the commanders weren't good and the loss was ugly. Um, but I think that I don't want to lose too much sight of the fact that I think he improved pretty clearly the previous two weeks before that. And the fact that even though he was not good Good against the Commanders, he did enough to win. And I found myself thinking this: that if the if the Bears had had one receiver that was at least like wide receiver three caliber, right, like, like something approximating Darnell Mooney, maybe even like it doesn't even have to be quite another equanimous Saint Brown type or something. I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. But if they had had one receiver that was worth anything, they might be four and two right now. They would have at least been three and three because one of them would have caught one of those balls at the end of the game, and you then you don't have to play Amir Smith Marset and have him do the idiocy that he did against the Vikings. I think they were going to win that game because Justin Fields was carving up the Vikings, and and it's it's one of those things that made me feel better in, in keeping the offensive line and keeping Justin Fields' issues and struggles all the same. That made me feel a bit differently because yeah. He's made mistakes, but he did enough to win those last two games. And he got let down when it mattered the most. Agreed. So
0: maybe Nikhil Harry can help you out there. I don't know. One thing that's been interesting, you know, Bill Belichick's always taken away your best weapon. And I would argue that would be in this scenario, Justin's legs, right? I mean, that's always kind of what's kept the bears in these last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And, other teams have now seemed like they've tried to stop the run a little bit more too, just like with Montgomery and with Herbert, because they were carving it up the first couple weeks, and then that's tailed off. Can the Patriots take away both Justin's running ability, whether it's design runs they finally call because they never do, or whether it's on a scramble and at the same time corral the Bears running game? It's possible. Um, I think, for example,
3: they did something. They did something approximating that to the Baltimore Ravens in the first half of that game where, I mean, Lamar Jackson got away for a couple of scrambles, but by, I mean, they sacked him three times and and they kind of harassed him and made things difficult. So it was not all, all perfect for Lamar Jackson in that half. and, And most of the damage, the Uh, you know, the Ravens did was on, okay, third downs, or they had things covered up and Lamar Jackson just was able to make a play, but they weren't running the ball particularly well in that first half. It really just ended up being in the second half, the game got away from the Patriots because Lamar started running the ball and they couldn't stop it. And then that opened up other things on the ground. So I do think it is possible. Here's the thing though. If you're talking about Justin's legs, right from a scrambling perspective, that means your edge defenders have to maintain discipline. And that's something the Patriots edge defenders haven't always done that well this year. So I think that's going to be a big point for them, but then does it make you hesitant? Does it make you not be as aggressive and and, and kind of uh, try to mirror him or slow down and try to try to kind of catch him? And does that allow him to beat you anyway? I think that's going to be interesting. Look, I think the Patriots are a hundred percent going to load up the box and and they love man, they love man defense. They love single high safety looks. So I think they are gonna come down in the box and say, guess what? I don't think you can beat us through the air. So let's go ahead and stop the run and see what you can do. Now the thing is, if you do that, you had bet they better have all the discipline on the edges with the way that Justin Fields likes to roll out the backside or even sometimes stepping up in the pocket. It's dangerous. It it is a risk. They are going to be taking the risk that, especially when they play man coverage, that we can that we can be disciplined enough to stop you. I think Justin Fields is going to have a couple plays on the ground. I don't think they're going to be able to stop that completely. Um, and and I think that could well be the X factor in the game if the Patriots slip up at any point, or if the Bears start to throw some of, or start to use some of those uh, read options or things like that that they haven't really used. That could be a tipping point in this game because I I don't think that they that the Bears have enough firepower to really hurt the Patriots in, in the secondary aside from Darnell Mooney. So at the same time, maybe they won't need it because the Patriots aren't that much better at stopping the run than the Bears are.
0: Yeah, that, that was one really interesting. When I looked at their DVOA, like the difference between their pass and their run DVOA was just so different. Yeah. And, and some of
3: it is, look, Christian Barmore is really good. He's he's a you know, second year defender, came in and was just amazing as a pass rusher. And he led all rookies and in, in, in pressures, interior defenders. But as a run defender, not quite so good. And the other issue is Lawrence Guy, who's probably their best run defender on the interior, he's been kind of in and out of the lineup a little bit. One of their more important cogs. And Devon Godshaw, he's good. Um, but they, they can get moved from time to time. And they rely on their linebackers to come in and clean things up. Jelani Tavai, uh, Jawan Bentley, and, and come up there and be physical. They've always done that. Kyle Duggar, who's kind of a hybrid, big nickel, uh, you know, kind of dime backer sort, who is just, he's a menace. He's, he's I love him. Really good player. But I think that the risk that you run there is if you can outflank them a little bit, they don't have great speed at the linebacking position. So if you can beat them to the spot, you can do some things. And I feel like that's an area where you're looking at, OK, maybe Khalil Herbert has a better opportunity to do that than, say, a David Montgomery would. So hmm. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see the usage. And if they rely a little bit more on on Herbert than they do Montgomery, though, I think Montgomery still has his uses in the passing game that Herbert's not quite there yet.
1: It's a nice little synopsis there, Kyrie.
0: <laughs> and if so, let's say you were Luke Getze, you know, bears offense coordinator. Yeah. What players on the defense would scare you and why, and then flip it. If you're Matt Eberfuse, Alan Williams, what players on the offense would scare you and why?
3: So, so if I'm Luke Getze, which, which Patriots defensive players am I worried about? Well, I would be worried about Barmore if he plays. He, he was dinged up. He was limited in practice, so he did practice. Um, if Barmore is good to go, that's a problem on passing downs. He is he is very good and difficult to single block. You kind of have to double team him, especially with this offensive line that the Bears have. That could be a nightmare of interior pressure. And we know that hasn't gone particularly well for Justin Fields when he's getting A-gap and B-gap pressure. Don't like it. Matthew Judon has been really good. Didn't have a sack last week, but um, it was definitely stopping the run pretty well. He's there. You know, one of the best players, if not the best player on the team. And again, don't like the idea of him going up against Larry Borum and or Braxton Jones. That's not is not a good matchup at all. Uh. Matthew Judon might break the single season sack record in, in this game unless he unless some of these guys get some help. Um, Kyle Duggar is everywhere, everywhere. And so, so is Adrian Phillips, really their safeties. You got to be aware of those safeties because they can erase your run game. They can cover your tight ends. They're really difficult to deal with. And I think that Jack Jones, he's a rookie and you think you might be able to take advantage of some of the aggressiveness. He's still finding his way, but he's a ball hawk. You better be very careful when you go his way because he, he comes, he drives on the ball aggressively every single time you throw any route in front of him. He's looking to pick it and take it all the way. And I mean, he's over here locking up Amari Cooper on downfield routes. I mean, it, they, they've got some really good players on, on that defense, maybe not true stars, but some good players that you have to be aware of on the other side of things. I think you need to be aware of the guy, one of the guys I mentioned, Taquan Thornton, because the speed is game breaking. I mean, he's, they haven't even really started to use him and, and scratch the surface because he just came off of IR. But I mean, I'm here to tell you that brother can fly. Like he's, he's, he's very, very perilous. Um, and Jacoby Myers, I mean, he's the best, he's best receiver on the team and he's becoming one of the best receivers in the league. I don't think the, I mean, Jalen Johnson, I would be really interested to see how much he might cover Jacoby Myers because I don't know that they have anybody else who could possibly cover Jacoby Myers one on one. And then you got your running backs, Ramondre Stevenson. I mean,
1: guys, so much fun. I love Ramondre.
3: He's he's really good and he's only getting better in a three down roll. You're probably not tackling him one on one. I mean, which is which is amazing because he can beat you in so many different ways at like 230 pounds.
1: I was just getting ready to say, Kyrie, at that size, his feet are ridiculous.
3: Un- like, unreal. Unreal. The, unbelievable. <laughs> the run that he had against the Detroit Lions, I still feel like I'm trying to wrap my head around what I saw there because he makes like two or three guys miss within two yards of the line of scrimmage. Just, just a bunch of quick jump cuts. He's stumbling through the hole, and I feel like he's, he's cutting – while stumbling like just trying to lean forward and keep his balance like I don't know that he even saw where he's going I feel like he has eyes in the back of his head the side of his head on the top of his head and he just has this preternatural feel for where to go with the football and just to find openings he's still working on on some of it in in terms of just like getting downhill and you'll know he miss a hole every now and again but just when he's got open space it's there's no, there's no one on the Patriots that does anything like what he's doing. And honestly, I don't think there's anybody on the Bears that does anything he does either.
1: Um, I guess to kind of maybe come close to wrapping up the questions, uh, you kind of alluded to the emergence of what you believe to be 1 Thornton to be. Does that make maybe for the, I guess, the greedy portion of me wanting to see Justin Fields play with not-bums? Interesting, and it could potentially go back to the Patriots. Well, does that maybe make Jacoby Myers available, or to a lesser extent, maybe Kendrick Bourne, who has some familiarity within the quote unquote outside zone Shanahan system, having been with uh Little Shanny out there in San Francisco? Like, do you see them maybe moving off one of them, or is this are they just like we're here, we're just gonna ride it out for the season, and then we'll do with it what we may?
3: I mean, I would be shocked if Jacoby Myers got dealt. I mean, it's an interesting sure. idea because I mean he's on a pretty cheap um, you know, second round tender because he's an undrafted guy. So mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it'd be an affordable contract to move if they wanted to, but again, the production you're getting out of him for what three point eight million dollars something. I mean, no, no, you you can't you can't trade him. That no. that would be that would be malpractice. Kendrick Bourne, I mean, you keep on hearing reports that Um, The Patriots have gotten calls from other teams about Kendrick board and Nelson Aguilar's also come up as well. And Nelson Aguilar's contract is a little bit more onerous. Uh, I think that would be tough. Um, You'd have to eat a lot of money for that. um, If if you're, if if you're the Patriots or or rather if if you're the, if another team, like, you know, you'd have to, uh, you know, take on some serious costs. There'd be something to finagle there. He's explosive, but struggles with drops. And he's been putting the ball on on the ground a lot this season. We'll see how that goes. Um, But the, with Kendrick Bourne, it's a really interesting one because I feel like he's kind of just fallen out of favor. He gets on the field every once in a while, and he'll make plays when they put him on the field and when they throw him the ball, but I think with with Thornton emerging, I, I feel like the writing just just feels on the wall for Kendrick Bourne. They're not really using him very much, and it really stuck out to me that they. They handed Taekwon Thornton the ball in some of those jet sweeps, end arounds, which is what they usually do with Kendrick Bourne. And it's like, okay, if, if they're doing that with Taekwon Thornton, what do they need to do that with Kendrick Bourne for? So I, I think if one of them gets moved, it's going to be Bourne. And some people thought, I don't think that's going to happen because Kendrick Bourne's on such an affordable contract. And, you know, those for multiple years, too,
1: right? He's got one more year following yeah. this season. Yeah, I, I yeah. believe
3: so. But the, again, the thing is, if you're not going to use him, if he's, again, fallen out of favor right. with this offense, of staff. And I, I think a, a team, a wide receiver needy team might eventually give you something that that you might want for Kendrick Bourne, whether it's a, you know, like a fifth round pick or something like that. I feel like a fifth round pick for next year, more useful than, than what you're actually using Kendrick Bourne for right now. So I, I feel like Kendrick Bourne is probably going to get moved and I think he would, he would help the bears. There's no question about it.
1: I've got a lightly used Cole Komet for them.
3: <laughs> well, they don't. I don't think they've got any any use for Cole Komet over there um, because they've already got they've already got two tight ends that they like a lot more than that, and he would just be taking up space.
1: Well, that's all he does here anyway. So yeah, you know. <laughs> big space eater, well, or or, fall, or on the ground just laying. Always also, order. also
3: on the ground. Yes,
0: <laughs> not
3: not catching the football.
0: Just on the ground at all points. <laughs> We're going to move on to our superlative section. Kyrie, why don't you stick around and give us some of your rapid-fire answers on these. I'd appreciate it. Let's do it. All right. So we got our uh, X-Factor, right? What? And we're going to do oh, all <laughs> the bears and their opponents. Uh, what? It, this is a really high-quality. <laughs> There's no gimmicks here. So, uh, Danny, why don't you go first? What's your X-Factor for the bears? Fields.
1: Sure. <laughs> is there another answer? Like, I, I've gone Velas Jones twice, and he's dropped the punt twice, so I can't even say it anymore.
0: So it's, it's your fault then? Is there it it is my yes. fault. It is, it is
1: your fault that Valus Jones never
3: fielded punts, and the Bears made him do that, and he sucks at
1: it. Going back to the real quick, Kyrie, when he brought up Velas Jones, like, yeah, we did a lot of work on him and this, that, the other. It's like, well, you don't got to worry about him because he's going to drop the
3: football. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean <laughs> – Oh, like I okay, Bill. What about, what about you? What would your X factor be?
3: Again, I I, I said I said this before. i was kind of oscillating on this because I feel like really the the only actual well, actually you know what? No, I'm gonna go with a different one because I, I this one I've had it's Eddie Jackson because I think that the I, I think the Patriots haven't faced. A safety like that in quite a while he's 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 a true ball hawk and i feel like it would have maybe made more of of an impact if it were bailey zappy that he were going against because i feel like his greediness might have shown a little bit maybe given uh uh, eddie jackson some opportunities but mac jones being back i mean maybe he'll tone it down and not take as many shots down the field I mean, we'll, we'll see maybe he'll play a little bit more zappy like and not take too many chances but if he's putting the football down the field that's going to give Eddie Jackson some opportunities, and every once in a while, you know, uh, the, the throw that stands out to me is the one against Buffalo in the wild card game, where Mac Jones tries to put it out there, and and Micah Hyde comes swooping out of nowhere and picks it off. It's like Eddie Jackson can make that play, and I feel like his impact in the run game as well, the way he's been run blitzing, coming down into the box, and and I, I feel like that perhaps could be the difference if Eddie Jackson can come up with even one takeaway. I mean, he's been, whether it's interceptions or forced fumbles, I mean, mm-hmm. he's been really around the These football Very a good to hear. and, and Bill Belichick brought him up as somebody who's always around the football. So I, I think that could be interesting. My, my backup there, aside from Justin Fields, just being able to pull something completely out of his ass is maybe again, as I mentioned, having one other receiver that can sort of catch the ball or do something useful every once in a while, maybe, Nikhil Harry revenge game becomes something that actually matters. He's got the game circled on his calendar. It's going to be some juice there, guys. I don't know. I'm trying I'm trying to humor it.
1: He's in his basement just squatting out 405, getting ready to run someone over.
3: Well, his brother's about to sprain his other ankle and be unavailable. You better chill out on that.
0: <laughs> you know what? My X Factor, I'm going to kind of piggyback off both of y'all a little bit. Um, I'm going to say for me, it's time to throw for Justin. Um, 3.03 seconds, which is the second slowest, only behind Zach Wilson. But you have Lamar Jackson, who's the third slowest at 3.02, he, and he makes it work. So yeah. you know there's there's got to be a middle ground where it's like, can we can we get the ball out faster, but can we also do some stuff that allows this time to throw to work? I mean, right now Lamar Jackson isn't working with like stellar wide receivers. Bateman's out. It's oh, he's just got work. the best tight end in football, Mason. Definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, Mark I... Andrews and everyone else. But can you? <laughs> so, hey, you got Nikhila Harry. Right, right. Wide right, receiver to tight end convert. I'm yeah, yeah, all the yeah, there, there we go. That, that's gonna, that's go. gonna be it. <laughs> the, the, the,
3: the new, <laughs> the new Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews.
0: And the other part, again, I'm gonna now I'm gonna parlay off of what what Kyrie said is Darnell Mooney. He has right now a negative .6 yards after catch above expectation, which is awful. He's got a fifty one point five two catch percent, which is tenth worst. He has to change it up. I mean, he had a couple highlight plays. The one, you know, Odell like snag, but other than that, it's it's been really disappointing. And a yeah. wide receiver one makes that touchdown catch at the end of the Commanders game. Again, I don't care that they won or lost. You make that catch. Yep. Yep. No.
3: That yeah, that absolutely. that is a. If you are a number one wide receiver, you make that catch. And and I think that again, as I mentioned, Justin Fields could have played better, but he got let down. He got let down by the guy he trusts the most. I'm gonna say this though the the guy that I trust the most on the Patriots beat for X's and O's that would be Evan Lazar patriots.com if you're if you're checking this out Evan you're the goods you know it I mean he, he knows it um, but he talked about it with me in in the locker room yesterday as a matter of fact where it was it's like yeah I don't know that the Patriots have anybody that can cover Darnell Mooney one-on-one and that kind of piqued my interest because look in theory I can see that because I mean he's quick he, he can he can run routes and, and here's the thing I knew Darnell Mooney was fast but the way that he blows by guys and even when they have cushion on him I, I found to be a little bit revelatory on some of these deep balls it's like man they they've got like a 10 yard cushion on him and he's still running by him. I, I'm like okay I like that but look he's he's gotta he's gotta win he's gotta win matchups and look Belichick and Belichick mentioned him specifically, which tells me that he's going to try to take away Darno Mooney when when it's time to do that and make anybody else beat him besides Darno Mooney. But if you're going to play man-to-man and you're going to do single high safety, there are going to be opportunities there, whether it's against Jonathan Jones, who I think Jonathan Jones is their best speed corner, their most veteran cornerback. I mean, he's probably got the best chance to do it. But if you see Darnell Mooney on Jack Jones, look, Jack Jones is a playmaker. But I feel like you still take Darnell Mooney in that matchup. So if there's ever been a time for Darnell Mooney to play like a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two, for goodness sake, now is the time.
0: Well, and for the Patriots, my X Factor, I'm going to keep it simple. We talked about it a lot. Keeping Justin Fields contained. If they do that, then they're going to win this game. Justin leads the league amongst QBs in yards after contact for quarterback rushes. If you don't have that, I don't know what the heck the Bears are doing. Danny, what you got? Um, I kind of want to say
1: Ramondre, but I think I'm going to move over to Judon. Uh, Kyrie missed it earlier when I said that I had. I was probably one of the few that thought he was arguably the DPOI last year. and He's not really slowed down to begin this year. He's a just a bat out of hell, and I just have a brother. really bad – I just, I have nightmares of just Larry Borum just being put in a spin cycle and being turned all the way which way around, just trying to keep up with this guy. And he's, it's a, it's going to be a bad time. Uh, he, he's a game wrecker, man. Like no one, I don't think anyone saw this coming when he left Baltimore because he's kind of on and off the field. And then last year he just like had a coming out party. He is oh, yeah. just, he's just absolutely a problem. Yeah. So I guess he's the Patriots X Factor in my world.
3: Yeah, you know what? I think from from the defensive side of things, well, on on, on the offensive side, I I, I do think Taekwond might be the, might be the X factor because I, I just feel like the the you idea. has got a little was, man crush
1: going on over here. I mean,
3: look, okay, look, <laughs> I, 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 I've, look, I've look, said look, this look, look, already, look, look, man. Look. Like his speed is literally something I haven't I have not seen live on a football field. Like I just remember from back ass. in training camp, and yeah. I'm just like, oh my god, they look like they're walking. They look like they're walking. They're, like, they're not even trying to catch up, except that they're trying as hard as they possibly can. And he's just like, I'm jogging now. Uh, jogging past, you can't do anything about it. But but the reason I say it, it's not just about the fact that I really, really like this guy. It's the fact that, again, his, his speed... Is It's such a threat that the, the Browns were already like – they had two guys following him around, and they just opened up a wide-open touchdown for Hunter Henry last week. It's like he's already getting that kind of attention. So I, I think it's worth monitoring. But on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's Kyle Duggar for me because he is – with as many screens as, as the Bears have liked to run, as many things as they like to do close to the line of scrimmage, Kyle Duggar – you cannot block him with wide receivers. You, you try to try to throw a wide receiver screen at Kyle Duggar, and you can try to block him with two or three receivers. Does not matter. He will destroy every last one of them and get to the ball carrier. He will come downhill, knife through the backfield, and blow up your run plays. He's he's covering down the field and picking off passes. He he is the do it all. One of the, the the underrated better players on this defense, and particularly in a game where the Bears are probably going to. They know that they're, they might not get a whole lot of deep shots because they might try to take them away. I feel like they, they need to account for Duggar wherever he is. Get a body on that guy because if not, he's, he's, going, to one, de- he's going to destroy somebody. And, oh, yeah, if you're, if you're a pulling guard, keep your head on a swivel because he'll wreck you too.
0: And offensive play of the game, you get one sentence to defend your take, one non-run-on sentence, mind you. Danny, who is your offensive player of the game?
1: Offensive player of the game is going to be uh, Khalil Herbert because the run defense is atrocious for the New England Patriots, although better than this one here. And that's it. That's my sentence. I have no other <laughs>
0: nothing to add. Kyrie. Is
3: it Bears offensive player of the game?
0: You can pick just any offensive player. We we, we do not – Oh, I thought this know, was Bears only. Oops, no, you didn't. can pick whoever you want to pick.
3: <laughs> Jacoby Myers. Because I don't think the Bears can stop him.
0: I was going to go with David Montgomery until uh, Kyrie maybe not want to go with David Montgomery with how much he <laughs> talked about <laughs> the eight-man eight run box and everything. So instead, you know, I was going to actually go with uh, Jacoby Myers and also it's going to help my fantasy team. So I'm good with that. Uh, defensive player of the game, Kyrie, who you got? Eddie Jackson. Because, again, I think he's
3: going to get opportunities. He's going to do something. He's going. I feel like he's going to get a takeaway in this game.
0: Danny?
1: I'll stay Bears. Roquan, he's been not great for majority of the season, but he does lead the NFL in tackles. He's had one of the Roquan highlight games where he effectively signed, sealed, delivered the game at the end. I think he's going to have another good game, provided they don't let him just get eaten up. But we'll see.
0: I have, I had Roquan as well, actually. Like you said, leading one of the leading tacklers in the league. I'm really excited to see what he does against Ramondre. I just think it's going to be interesting to see both those guys running at each other.
3: Oh, it's going to be fun. Getting me excited for it.
0: And that leads us to our king of the north and most valuable player. Again, one sentence. Kyrie, who you got right back at you?
3: (sighs) Justin Fields because he's literally going if, – if the Bears win this game or if they're even close, he's literally going to be the only reason why.
0: <laughs> Manny?
1: Uh, I don't think the Bears are going to win this game, so I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson because he's going to be just running. It's going to be like the game a couple years ago where – I f- forget the player now off the top of my head, but he's still running all over Soldier Field. He's just out there. He's still running. <laughs> yep.
0: Uh <laughs> I, I here's the thing. I can't not pick a bear here when I have, you know, Justin and, and Darnell right over my shoulders staring at me. So I'm going to go with Justin Fields as well. Uh, if if there is a game that he's just to, to say like, hey, I'm here. I think it's this kind of a game where someone's going to he's a he's a kind of gamer where I think when you say I dare you to beat me, I think he's gonna do everything he can to beat you. Whether that's, you know, maybe he finds Nikhil Harry on a, on a bomb. Maybe it's Darnell Mooney on, on a screen that works. Whatever the case may be. If there's a game, I think it's going to be something like that.
1: You guys heard it here first from the Patriots guy and two Bears guys. Nikhil Harry
0: is going to Cannon. All right.
3: That's what I said. That is what <laughs> I said. Also, uh, love the Moana background. Uh, as I <laughs> mentioned to Mason, yeah. that is my daughter's favorite movie right now. Uh, Also, I'm really glad that. uh, So, so I'm Maui, by the way. So, uh, you made Justin Fields Maui, so that means I'm Justin Fields.
0: Oh yeah, and Justin Fields is you. Yes. No one's no uh, one's talked about my my Mustapher Hey Hey, by the way.
3: (laughs) 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 That's disrespectful. Well, the other one is that I love that Mac Jones is the crab. (laughs)
0: I just I also really thought there wasn't gonna be a chance even that he would be limited, honestly, in the way that he is. So I was like, he was gonna be crabby about about, about the situation.
3: Well, the other thing is that uh Tamatoa the crab, is missing a leg. So I mean mm-hmm.
0: perfect. Yeah, it's it's layers. We have our over unders. We're gonna alternate these oh, back boy. and forth. Let's start with uh Danny. This will work, yeah. Awesome. 50 rushing yards for Justin Fields. Over. Why?
1: He's gonna break one big one that's like fifty on its own.
0: And not that's, be called back on a hole, that'd be great.
1: And no, because Amir Smith Marset isn't here to do that. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the salt is real. Uh, Kyrie.
1: <laughs> man, I, I I don't even want to talk about it.
0: <laughs> 60 receiving yards for Tyquan Thornton. Under. Why? Um, the man I crush. Th- come on.
3: I, I think. It's just there are so many targets to spread it around to, and Jacoby Myers is the lead dog. Um, But just because he doesn't get 60 yards doesn't mean he's not going to do something
0: in this game.
1: Yeah, he's going to get 100 yards rushing. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Danny,
0: I think I asked this one to you before, and it definitely didn't hit. (laughs) Um, Over (laughs) under .5 touchdowns for Darnell Moody. Uh,
1: Push. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's not even possible. Um, he's gonna score, and they're gonna call it back. So they're gonna give. Hey, I a- love it,
3: <laughs> love it.
1: <laughs> no, uh, I'll. You know what? I'll try to be optimistic because I've been Mr. Pessimist on the show. Uh, over. He's gonna keep. If they want to stand a chance at winning, and Justin is what I think he is, which is himothy. Um, you gotta eventually throw a touchdown to your number one receiver, right? Right.
0: Yeah, should I have had one last week?
1: Well, if you want touchdowns, throw it to nothing but Dante Pettis.
0: All right. Well, all he does. All is he does. Touchdowns.
3: All he does. He's, he is so, literally Chris all Carter. he does. He doesn't catch the ball otherwise, though. Uh, that that should have applied at the end of the game too. So. Uh,
0: Kyrie six catches Jacoby Myers. Over. Over. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's had in his last four games four seven nine four. Over.
3: Especially now that Mac Jones is back. Mac, yeah, Mac Jones, find find something you love in life m- as much as Mac Jones loves targeting Jacoby Myers.
1: I've already found that. Cole Komet in the grass.
0: <laughs> Boom. The <laughs> kismet. Uh, Danny, over, under 70 passer rating for Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones, whichever one plays.
1: Over. This yeah. defense is bad. Seventy passer rating. Are we talking about like the traditional or like the QBR one, which I don't really quite understand from ESPN?
3: Well, uh, look, hey, hey, what I will say though is that the Bears have pretty good pass defense stats. Like they, they don't. don't, they don't give up a whole lot to wide receivers or anything like that. So
1: all you need to know about passer rating is that the time Chad, Chad Pennington retired, he was the leader leader in all time passer rating, Kyrie. It's
0: not about making great plays. It's about nope. being efficient.
1: Don't screw up.
0: <laughs> and then uh, last over under, before I move on to our, one of our final topics, uh, we have 0.5 mentions of the phase phrase QB controversy during the broadcast. Oh,
3: hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've just upset our guests. I hope you, you're, you're happy. Said, you
3: said 0.5?
0: 0.5.
3: You realize that's going to be done within, like, it, it might last 0.5 minutes. So over under thirty seconds, Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 that, that's actually a good one. Okay, so wait, wait—is it—is it from the time that the broadcast starts, or, or okay, from Ooh. from from the time that they get rid of the intro? That's like oh yeah, like I'm blah, blah 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 yeah, the Patriots or whatever. Like had a quarterback. You know what? Ooh, now nah, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over. Okay, after all
0: that, over. All I'm right, indecisive. Those... Okay. <laughs> Those were our over-unders. The next segment of our show is bear down or patriotic pounding. So, Harry, you don't know this, what we basically do is we we take uh, one player from the Bears, one player from the Patriots, and say, like, who would you rather have? And usually the scenario changes. Uh, We're going to alternate this back and forth. We'll start with Danny for the first one. Um, This scenario is to win you a game. Mm. Who would you rather have? And will it be a, again, will you bear down or will you take a patriotic pounding? Pause. Can we please change that? I I love it. Also, it took me forever to find that video. I knew it existed and I finally found it yet today and I'm very happy about it. So glad the doctor is spending his time like this and not helping people. In
3: for a penny, in for a patriotic pounding,
0: Danny. You're <laughs> a I wake up at four. I wake up at four a.m. and cannot fall asleep again. This is what I do instead,
3: dude. That's my every day because this kid wakes me up and I just like, oh, I guess I'll write my column now.
0: Okay, so first one, Danny, Dave Montgomery, Remindre Stevenson. Oh, Remindre.
1: <laughs> not even close.
0: <laughs> I, I love Herbert. the but- Cole Herbert, Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Back. I like Cole Herbert, but yeah. Cole Komet, Hunter Henry. You asking me? No, that's Danny. Back and forth. Okay. Oh, Henry, easy. This is going Cole great. Cole Komet, Johnny Smith. Uh- See you, Kirby. Kyrie.
3: Johnny Smith. I mean, he doesn't catch the ball, but he blocks well. He, like, does he's, not I mean, he's not on the
0: ground the
1: whole game.
3: You really got to think about the ground. He's always on the ground.
0: <laughs> uh, Larry Borum, Isaiah Wynn. Okay. Isaiah Wynn. It's not, not a lot of good choices here. What do you want from me? No, no. That,
3: <laughs> that, that that one's a tough one, actually. And and as I, I just saw somebody. Uh, Is it more that like Isaiah that? Apparently Isaiah Wynn has scrubbed all mentions of the Patriots from his IG, so
1: well, he's coming to Chicago. Oh boy. Gonna play
0: left guard next to Lucas Patrick. <laughs> uh Braxton Jones, Trent Brown. Sorry. Oh my god. I mean do I
3: even have to answer this.
0: Te- technically yes, by the rules of the game. Not
3: br- not Braxton Jones.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say Trent Brown pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> Trent Brown no, Trent Brown is
3: Trent Brown's really good. Like, he's like <laughs> – he's, 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 he's one of the better left tackles in the league. I feel like – oh Yeah, yeah. Just keep going,
0: Mason. Enough. <laughs> look, look. either I'm matching the positions up or I'm matching the quality up. And the quality is not here, so it's positions. So That's just, what I can do. I love this it. is your uh, fault, yeah. Kyrie. <laughs> Cody Whitehair, Cole Strange. Cole
1: Strange. You know – I don't know. What?
0: Actually, yeah, yeah, really,
3: yeah I it's think it's
1: purely based on what I don't know. I know what C- Cody White here is.
0: Well, I, Tra- I, I it's to win you a game. Well, I
3: well look. Oh, I, 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 look I will like, say it's just, like, right, it's right now to win a game. I will say right now, Cole Strange is probably better than Cody Wright. He, he, really? he, he might be at least as good as Cody White here is. Okay. Like he's gotten better every single week. He's get he's good. He's good. I mean,
0: he's I good. everyone thought it was a pretty strange pick when they took him. But
3: huh. I love that you did that. With- I'm, 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 yes, well done, well done. But no, like, like, honestly, for real, Cole Strange is a good player. I mean, he had a rough couple weeks because I think he was figuring a couple things out, like, got the beat. World his, out you know,
1: there
3: he, he, you know he, he got beat with a couple of, you know, of games up front and, you know, blitzers being added late and, and you know, he missed an assignment. But he's a weapon, man, as, as a puller. On outside zones, the way he reach blocks, like Cody Whitehair, can't move like that. I, I feel like at this point, watching Cole Strange, I would put Cole Strange as my left guard instead of Cody Whitehair.
0: Technically, this next one is supposed to be for you, Kyrie, but I know your answer, so we'll go to Danny instead. Darnell Mooney or Taekwondo Thornton?
1: <sighs> Darnell, still be more
0: well-rounded I player. Darnell,
3: I would take Darnell right now, too.
0: Really? Okay. I just thought the bromance was real.
3: I mean, I mean, it is. I'm just saying. And Ty- a Rook, you're, you're putting the, right, he's the right you're in his the, way, but but I mean, Darnell is proven. So
1: you're putting the brothers that can fly against each other. He's in
0: a catch twenty-two there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll go back to Kyrie. So we got uh, Born or Bayless Jones. I mean, Born. because Valus <laughs> so Jones Has literally not done anything. <laughs> Danny, uh, Equinemius or Devonte Parker?
1: Oh my God, Devonte Parker, a hundred times out of a hundred.
0: Mm-hmm. Is, is and, this real?
1: <laughs> what do you want me to do?
0: <laughs> um, and then Kyrie, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones? Justin to Fields you, to win you a game. Justin Fields, Ooh. because look, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you
3: this. Mac Jones has been a better quarterback this far in his career. But if you're literally like, if the chips are down and and you just desperately need somebody to make a play to win you a game. I know Justin Fields has the trump card and just the straight up, you know what? I can just straight up be better than you. So I'm taking Justin Fields. Cause look, I haven't really seen Matt Jones win a game like that.
0: And this little bonus section, I went to the practice squads because you know, our team's all about the future at this point, you get to pick two, pick two of these four players. You both get to do it. Danny will go first. God, Little Jordan <laughs> Humphrey, Lynn Bowden, Reggie Robertson, Chase Allen. Ooh. Uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey. List him again. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Humphrey Lynn Bowden, Reggie Robertson, Chase Allen. Uh, Lin Bowden's up there. Um,
1: I like Chase Allen. I like this college tape. I think he's good. I think he's a good football player. It's just I don't know if it's good enough, kind of thing. Mm. So I'll I'll go Lynn Bowden and Chase Allen.
0: Kyrie, what about you? So, so wait. We got to pick two of them. Pick two of the four. (laughs) Pick two of the four. Yeah, they are. Um, Add them to your practice squad.
3: Um, LJ Chase, LJ and Chase Allen. Because look, I think LJ is more useful right now. He can do more things as a special teamer, as a as a blocker. And honestly, when they throw him the football. I mean, he's, he's big and tough. Like he can do some stuff. I mean, he just hasn't really gotten a whole lot of opportunity. I know like Lynn, Lynn Bowden's more explosive for sure. And the potential is, is, you know, p- potentially there, but I don't know. I, I think, I think LJ, I, I like him a lot more than I thought I was going to. Hmm, okay.
0: I
1: really like Lynn Bowden and I'm like, I'm thinking from a bears perspective of if I have crappy weapons, I might as well just get guys that if I put the ball in their hands, maybe something happens. I don't
3: know. <laughs> and I thought I think this um, and stuff is starting to starting to get to me. I'm talking about special teams. What are you talking about?
0: I think it was EJ Snyder that had tweeted out. He did a nice little thread on what he would do at this point to just try to do something with the Bears yeah. and try to improve. them. And he was talking about practice squad, like snagging guys, whether it yeah. was, you know, offensive line, whether it was weapons and. Again, you're telling me like a Lynn Bowden couldn't do more, if not the same, not the same, if not more, in this offense than a Dante Pettis is doing for us right and now. Uh than uh than a Isaiah Coulter who just got brought up, which I mean his, to be fair, he just got here again, you know. But go like, there's just some good guys on practice squads that probably aren't getting used. That's all I'm gonna say on that. This is true facts. Um, defense, run through it real quick. Danny, Travis Gibson, Matthew Judon. Oh, Judon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dominique Robinson, (laughs) t (laughs) wise t wise Justin Jones, Devon Gacha. Oh, Justin Jones. Uh, Roquan Smith, Jaquan Bentley. I mean,
3: definitely Roquan.
0: Kyle Duggar, Jaquan Brisker. Oh. At this point, Kyle Duggar. Jaquan Brisker has been caught up on play action a lot this year. Jonathan Jones, Jalen Johnson.
3: Jalen Johnson,
0: Jalen Mills, Kyler Gordon, Kyler. I think Jalen Mills sucks out loud, but
3: <laughs> there's definitely more upside with with, Kyle, with Kyler than there is Jalen Mills.
1: And he doesn't have the dance moves that Kyler has. He doesn't I mean, have the dance moves. That brother's got some dance moves. It's true.
0: <laughs> Only two sections left in this show. We have our game predictions. So, right now, we're just going with the numbers I grabbed earlier in the week. Bears at Patriots. Patriots favored by seven and a half points. Who you got, Danny? Uh,
1: Bears cover, Patriots win. They're going to lose by, like, five points for some strange damn reason. What is it now? Is
0: is the line nine and a half? It's probably moved again, but when I grabbed it, it was seven and a half.
3: Seven and a half, okay.
0: Um, I would also say they cover but lose. Um, I just... I don't see the Patriots going offensive firepower nuts on them or anything, uh, yeah. but I also think the Bears have a hard harder time scoring. What about you, Kyrie?
3: Yeah, particularly if there's uh, if there's rain. Yeah, I think the Bears will probably cover
0: but still lose. Yeah. Uh, we got Bucks at Panthers. The Bucks are favored by ten and a half points. Kyrie, what are you doing? Um. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm a lay on
3: that one. I'll say the Bucks are gonna are gonna beat their ass.
1: <laughs> Danny, I, I think a pissed off Tom Brady's bad for all people involved. So yeah, they might win by 21. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, and we so we saw right with the Raiders, they let Gruden go, and all of a sudden they started playing well. I don't think that's happening here. The Panthers just suck. They're not good. They're Uh, just a really bad football
1: team. (laughs) And they just lost,
0: arguably, their best defensive player. Jeremy Chin got hurt. Yes. I don't know where you're you're going with that. A couple teams the Bears are going to see soon. Lions at Cowboys. Cowboys favored by seven. Kyrie, who you got? Cowboys. Danny? Uh,
1: Cowboys, I think we saw last week Jared Goff turned back into a pumpkin and for as fun and high flying as that offense was. Uh, the Cowboys have, for my money, the best defensive player in the league. Micah Parsons is just lit on fire every single week and just out to incinerate your whole offense. So, you know, that's
0: yeah, Cowboys. That's a problem. I'm gonna go off, just be different. I'm gonna pick lines. Um, I think Dak coming well. back, Dak coming back is is going to be a thing i mean that the throws are not going to be where he wants them to be he's not in the right condition
1: they shouldn't have been in such a rush to bring him back
0: i just have to do it uh, um and i understand <laughs> i just i think they're gonna lose the lines are gonna lose but i think they come uh giants at jaguars giants what third best team in the nfl or are the Jag- Jaguars going to spoil it? Jaguars are actually favored by three, though. What do you got? Yeah. Danny, um, go ahead. Um,
1: I think the Jags probably play spoiler and win. I just don't believe in the Giants. Mm. I think Dable and that staff have done a tremendous job to start the year. I still think Daniel Jones is awful at football. I just... They've, they're, they've, they're throwing to nobodies. Wandale Robinson is cool, and I loved him coming out of Kentucky. And he's probably their de facto number one at this point because I'm not sure Kadarius Tony even has legs at this point in his career. He's just he's sitting on his wheelchair, just little nubs. Um, but Lieutenant but, Dan, you ain't got no legs. <laughs> you ain't, I got you some ice cream, Lieutenant <laughs> Dan. Oh, my God. This is where we're at. It really is. Uh,
3: Kyrie, what do you got? uh i'm taking i was like wait who's playing
0: again no, i'm taking i'm taking giants the gigantes i i'm taking the giants too i mean Dave, I, I said for a while like when they were winning like i haven't seen anything from dable or anything from that offense like what are you doing special but they keep winning they beat the packers yes overseas take all the count they're doing something over there i mean and without having weapons and the Jaguars aren't also good either so i'm not picking them against necessarily a good team Ah, uh, last one we got. Did you just called the Giants a really good team? No, I said that the Jaguars are not a good team.
1: Oh, I thought you said that. no. I thought I misheard. I thought you said the Giants are a really good team, and I was
0: like, Oh, oh god, no! I'm. Oh god. Uh, Packers at Commanders. Packers favored by five and a half. Danny, what do you got? Come back to me, Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie, you got it. Bounced
3: to you. <laughs> Oh my god! I was easily. I was just gonna be like, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's gonna be Heineke starting.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time to crack open a Heineke.
3: You know what? I might. You know what? I might pick the Commanders right now. That's what I was gonna pick. I might. I might take. I might take the Commanders, commanders because because here's the other thing. I mean, the Commanders front four they're gonna be up here sitting on Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, and and. Taylor Heineke, who literally just doesn't care, he's just out here chucking. I mean,
1: I was going to say, is there any more backup in the lead? Any backup in the league that gives less of an F than Taylor Heineke? Not one. Not a. <laughs> not, a not a. Not a single
3: one. But the, but the other thing is, like, look, the Packers are low key bad. do mm-hmm. I, 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 I not low like, anymore. They're just bad. Yeah, and look, the Commanders aren't good either. Obviously, they also suck. But I mean, I think the Packers got some fucking problems. Wait am I allowed to say it No, okay. Yes, you're I allowed to say it. I right, said it anyway. anyway. They got some problems.
0: <laughs> Look, Heineke's out here like I'm supposed to be a biology well, teacher right I'm now. I, people don't, people people I don't I don't care. Bombs. And the fact that, you know, again, the Packers are struggling. I think and if anything they're just going to go bombs away. Terry McLaurin is just never used. He should be used. You know, Brian Robinson has been decent actually coming back after being shot multiple times in the leg. So their run game is hitting man, again. Man. Antonio Gibson is catching balls out of the backfield. Give me, give me the commanders. All
3: right. I just want, I just want them to play mini men up in the background again. (laughs) If if they do that, then
0: commanders by 50 (laughs) every time. Our last segment, a coccyx and bull story. Now something unbelievable, something that is ridiculous. This is our bold prediction section. I'll start it off crazy on offense. Cole Komet, one touchdown four catches. Bold prediction for him. It's <laughs> four yards on all those catches. <laughs> so, on on defense, I think the Bears hold whatever Patriots quarterback plays to a QBR below 60.
1: Hmm. All right. I guess I'll go then. Uh, go for it. Defensively, Kyler gets his first career interception.
0: Yay. Oh, cool. He's, Kyler's, Kyler's been playing better. He's getting game. better. Um, he has been
1: better. Uh, if I'm picking the Bears to cover, which I am, Justin for 300 total yards and two touchdowns.
0: And that is. S- old. I am. I am here to stir the proverbial pot. Kyrie, what you got? And they don't have to be Bears related, of course. They could be Patriots. No, they don't.
3: They don't. Nikhil Harry's going to get a touchdown catch.
1: <laughs> Yay! <laughs> 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 just. I'm I'm this I'm this is way. where we're
3: at. Yeah, this is where we're at. Nikhil Air is gonna get a touchdown catch. Right, gonna, defensively. They're gonna have to stop the game, you know, to, to, you know. Because every everything will just be like just so <laughs> much turmoil, so much emotion. Gonna, gonna immediately take that ball to Canton. Um defensively. Yeah, so I, I kind of already said I'm, I'm going to try to do a different one. Um, defensively? Ro- <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Travis Gibson. Were you going to say Robert
0: Quinn?
3: Yeah, I was going to. Then I was like, actually, no. no. Travis Gibson, one and a half sacks.
0: Ooh, okay. Okay, I like uh, it. Maybe he'll we'll actually Split out- one with, snap. like, Justin Jones or something. Maybe he'll out Muhammad again, finally, instead of his bum ass being out there. He's not uh, a ball. Oh my god, Muhammad! I'm so over Muhammad. I'm over the Muhammad He's experience. Just uninspiring. He plays the run just fine. He's just not great. He's a fourth defensive end on a good team. Yeah, exactly. But this is a bad team, and you need someone. Give Give me Gibson. Give Gibson the snaps. He'll be here longer. Give Dominic Robinson the snaps.
1: Oh, I'm all. I'm like all in on Robinson. I think that dude's gonna be. Awesome, but so it probably means he'll suck. Bear fans, you're welcome.
2: Whee!
0: you know what, that's it. That's all we got. Almost a two hour show today, it's well worth it. Kyrie Thompson bringing uh his Patriot perspective, it was really awesome. Um, what you brought in here was fantastic because honestly, was like this, Patriot pounding. Yeah, the, oh wait, hold on, wait, wait, it has to happen. Kyrie, where where can people find you uh, if they need to get some more information and figure out more Patriots <laughs> more patriot and and Bears? And you do talk Bears even uh, in here as well. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because
3: um, you know, quite unfortunately, that was the you know the the land of my birth, and therefore I am tethered to the Chicago Bears until I die. Um I can be found at KD Thompson five. You will find me again, regularly tweeting about the new England Patriots. Cause that's my job. The Chicago bears are my unfortunate passion or, or rather my unfortunate hobby that I cannot quit. And I uh, talk about the Patriots on the first and Foxborough <laughs> podcast. Check it out, stream it, download it on the free Odyssey app, and wherever you get your podcasts, you you can find uh, one Mason West's work on there, and you might actually find some pieces of this episode on there if I if I have the uh, the wherewithal, the the patience to to cut it down. Which, I mean, I might I might be cutting off a little bit more than I can chew right there. Uh, but you know what? Uh, yeah, check check it out. There's a lot of Bears content on there this week. Talk with David Haw. Be talking with uh, you know, just a bunch of people from, from back, really nice guy. Yeah, no, good good stuff. I had a great time this week, made it so much more fun than all the other weeks, even though I'm not going to have fun getting home at like three in the morning from a horrible, <laughs> what could be a
0: horrible football game on Monday night. Oh, god, uh, Danny, anything before we sign out?
1: No, nah, man, thanks for joining us, Kyrie.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. All right, everyone, have a good rest of your evening. Hopefully, that Cardinal Saints team is not disgusting. Uh, oh, it is. Down. Bear down, <laughs> Chicago. Peace.